0: Welcome to the Trigonometry Show, New Zealand's show for the precision shooter. A leaning towards competition, but with practical application in mind. Since 2015, we've been talking to some of the world's best shooters. Sharing knowledge, tips and thoughts on everything from gear to technique, reloading, ballistics and more. A mix of interviews and live chats, the Trigonometry Show is here to help you get you started, help you refine and help you become a better shooter, just like we're all trying to do. If you want to support the show and its many related projects, pop over to thebloke.co.nz forward slash support and you can directly help us to keep putting out this content for you. If you're listening to this online, visit precisionshooter.co.nz forward slash podcast and subscribe. There are a pile of ways to get the show sent out to you automatically each week. While you're on the site, check out all the articles and reviews as well. precisionshooter.co.nz This show is a rebroadcast of our live show, which generally happens every Thursday on Facebook at 8.30. Tune in, say hello, hit us up with questions. On this show we have myself and Graham from Taranaki Long Range Shooters talking about precision reloading on a Dillon, how good does your ammo really need to shoot, shouldering your rifle, and many other things. Enjoy! So, uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, there we go. we are just back. Um, so, this is the Trigonometry Show, another lockdown edition, um, although I guess the term lockdown is a bit of a stretch when it comes to you, Graham, because you're still able to shoot out the back anyway and have land, you lucky bugger.
1: I actually have to be careful not to use too much ammo. Um, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? So, like, I've, I've gone, yeah. like, right into rimfire, just because I've got the ammo,
0: well, I, I saw that you found yourself another what, 100, uh, 1,500 um, rounds of CCI Standard, which in itself is um, unicorn fairy fart dust at the moment. So none of the stores up here in Auckland have any of CCI Standard. So I've gone back over to CCI Subsonic for the moment.
1: Mm, yeah, I, it doesn't appear in the shops much anymore. No, I just sort of gave my ammo locker. I've got a uh, big yellow dangerous goods um, cabinet and um, yep. I just sort of, Shuffling through the back, looking for some, some factory ammo for something. And there it was, uh, long um, forgotten. <laughs>
0: yeah. Interesting, um, something you just mentioned, you put up a hazardous goods. So did you intentionally start storing it in a proper hazardous goods shed? Was it kind of, it just made sense to you or you wanted to put it into a hazardous goods shed or was it the amount of stuff you have? Or Because I know a lot of guys just, I get asked a lot, you know, how do I store my ammo? How am I meant to store my ammo? And yep. without, we're not providing legal advice or anything like that here, as, as we'll have to put a disclaimer up for the beginning of most of these shows. But um, you're obviously, you're locking all your components and your ammo and stuff away.
1: Uh, so, yeah, powder and loaded ammo goes in there. Um, yep. I, keep, I keep primers in a, well, my shed's very dry. It's a modern shed, but I'm still conscious of the moisture. So that primers go elsewhere. It's a bit warmer, but. Yeah, I, I keep it in the lockup. And um, it's more so just because, yeah, there's a lot of time I'll have a lot of stuff. I'll have a lot of different powders, a lot of different um, factory ammo, surplus ammo, whatever. Like one time I got 26,000 rounds of 22, hence why I just found a bit in the back of the safe, I imagine. But um, <laughs> it, it was just me going above and beyond what's legally required. Yeah. Um, more so, you know, got a little one now. Um,
0: yep shit that, like changes, that, that that seems to change your psyche at some point you're like oh there's little hands i don't want on that stuff
1: yeah it was just it was something you never have to deal with previously yep. um and i think you and i talked about it before but i mean laws have changed slightly but the law the the requirement for um um stowing ammo and components is treated as a dangerous good for the most part but even with rifles, you shouldn't do the minimum. You should do as best as you can afford to do. Uh, not and, and yeah. It's it's like all health and safety. It, 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 people are worried about a consequence. Like, man, I better store it properly because I don't want to get in trouble from the fuzz, you know, from the cops. But it should be. I don't want to store it um, inadequately because kids might find it or fucking we've someone got, with like, know, depression might pub. find it.
0: Yeah, we've got pippy, little, pippies, little um, puppies floating around that, again, I'm aware of stuff sitting on the floor that they might decide to chew up and eat a couple of primers or stuff like that. Not that I think one primer will cause anything an issue, but...
1: Unless it yeah. chews on it, to get bites in bites it between its teeth here.
0: Man, but, they eat anything, so... But, you know, but yeah, it's,
1: it's just a... Because um, what I do, you know, and I've also got uh, restricted licences, um, yep. so I have extra inspections for police. I had a... Well, actually, my wife had her resit uh, for a ten yearly uh, couple months back, oh, and they yes. were they were stoked with the ammunition storage. You know they were. Like, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I mean if you if you have a police officer, arms officer, vetting person come through and they see you going beyond above and beyond and doing whatever you can to keep stuff safe and are presenting it that way, yes, you find very quickly like, yeah, okay, cool, easy. Same same with my security guys come in look at it go, it's yeah. clean, it's tidy, it's organised. You know, it makes makes me nervous with maybe what the state of some of the places they go and see. I've heard some stories from them about some of the stuff they come across, and you're like, oh shit! But
1: oh yeah, I mean, you gotta think too. Like for a lot of lot of the two hundred fifty thousand of us, shooting's like a a small part of the hobby, or it's a um, it's purely for for the farm or something. So. It's just people gonna be a little bit too relaxed because it's just sort of like, oh yeah, whatever. But um for, for like you and I, especially where it's a big part of what we do. Um, like I've got it's pretty obvious if you open my shed door, it's what I do, right? It's like it's like it's not
0: it's not hidden. It's like, do you do you own a firearm? Or, yeah, you, like I've got yeah, banners on the wall
1: be. and shit. Yeah, yeah, like but I'm like rural, so it doesn't matter, right? Like, yeah, yeah. quite obviously I've got a neighbor next door, they know what I do. They well, they hunt and shoot as well. But um you know, I've got shit, four or five presses and powder throws all set up, and yeah, fin- finally got a Dylan, I might add. Um,
0: oh, good man. I was thinking with the lockdown, it might be my chance to finally do my precision reloading on a 550 article. I've kind of been promising and promising do to send you some info on.
1: Do it, because yeah, that's what I'm setting up. But yeah, yeah. Um, so that it just, and I've. Right, hang mean, on, I'm
0: sorry. Did you get a, uh, you got a 550? I do, yes. Okay, I'll, I'll have a look and see if I've got any of the locking heads or bits and pieces still left over so, in my yeah. fan downstairs.
1: Oh, nice! So, I've um, yeah, I've got a, I've I've got it set up so I'm sizing and got the primer and feeding and everything working. I just yep. got to play around with the powder because I want to throw it with the powder thrower Um, as a goal I have, so we'll play with that and yeah, interesting topics to start the night.
0: Hey, relevant, <laughs> isn't it? So,
1: Security and Dylan's.
0: Well, oh, but hey, that's you know bulk precision rifle reloading because I mean people. You know if you're looking at doing a 100 rounds for example because you've got a comp coming up or something like that or you don't you know you're not necessarily keeping that amount of ammo on hand then doing a 100 rounds on a single stage is pretty damn tedious you know people will do it people don't mind because it's a time thing and everything i don't reload because i enjoy well no i enjoy reloading i don't reload because i like the process i enjoy it because i want to shoot the stuff so if i could get it done quicker or more effectively that's why the whole neck turning thing has been bugging me because it's like, ah, oh, it's not a process I wanted to have to do, but it's fine. <laughs> but, I, it's, um, but
1: but it's not a re- repetitive process. You only yeah. do it once. And at the moment, reasons.
0: at the moment, uh, the the little girls are just big enough to be able to actually pull down a um, uh, lever on a press now. So, we had a bit of a chain gang. It was probably going to be quicker if I just did it myself, but I actually had a, a chain gang going on with um, the the six year old doing some resizing, the five year old doing mandrel expansion, and then me actually doing the turning. So, uh, which they love. They're just like, what do these things do? They don't, you know, they they understand they're making bullets, you know, which mm. go on a gun that dad then shoots. So, it's kind of cool. You get to explain a little bit about me being H and H&S guy explaining, you know, don't touch your fingers, don't be, you know, you got stuff yeah. in your fingers are dirty, explain that. It. So it's just, and they repeat it back to you and they know and they follow and they behave and it's like, yeah, we'll go get chocolate biscuits, but we're going to wash our hands first because we've got stuff on our hands.
1: Gonna, oh, the, the, the bulk ammo thing, because that's something that interests me because for like my match ammo, I put way too much time into my six millimeter match ammo, way too much yep. time for what I'm trying to do. Now my, my like you know, extended long range ammo for like my 300 wind mag and stuff. Yeah. I put a bit more time in for consistency sake because it's trying to do, you know, sort of double what the, the six mils trying to do, but man, like, like cleaning every prime, I'm cleaning every prime pocket. I'm annealing every case, every time I'm trimming brass, every time I'm doing everything. And I'm like, well, so the idea is the six, five creed. I think I've touched it before, but, uh, I'm going to try and replicate like essentially my own version of an American gunner or a Hornaday match, you know. yeah. Probably with like a Sierra projectile, but bulk, throwing ammo, I want minute of angle, 30 odd feet per second spread, and I want it to work in multiple 6.5s. And maybe maybe I don't even use it for the match, maybe I just use it like we're using it, not as high quality projectile, depending on supply. Mm. And we just load up thousands of rounds, and we've just got practice ammo. Um... Maybe that's 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 the the goal. Uh obviously hey, if you
0: find thousands of projectiles in six five of anything, um good work.
1: <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised what you can uh, <laughs> no, it's just it's just a matter of back ordering. But there's there's yeah, certain yeah. things like there's like the um the norma gold something. It's like a six five on it, it's no ELD, yeah. but it's yeah, it's yeah. pretty, it's okay. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're getting wrapped around the axle on super high performance bullets for medium range shooting, I think. And well
0: this is yeah it's i I, we talked a little bit about this last week but um you know i was running the numbers because uh, i was running the uh, long-range hybrid targets 109s which i can't find any of at the moment there's some 105s around but then there's also some lightweight runs around 95s, 95s and i got some interlocks as well and then you start running the numbers so they've got a lower bc but you can, especially with 95s, you can run them a lot faster. And even the even the interlock, which is not going to run as fast as everything, and the BCs lower, again, out to the distance, the average distances we're shooting at, it's like mm.
1: yeah.
0: point 0.1, point 0.2. I mean, there's a know? huge
1: advantage, obviously, with like super slippery bullets over like of course. like Sandlot. But, but if it's what you get, or or you're having multiple loads in a gun isn't a big deal. I don't say run it at comps multiple loads because that's just asking for trouble. But yeah, yeah. practicing, like you say, okay, shit, I bought a 1,000 interlocks and I'm only, okay, do I need to practice at 900 metres? Not really. Practice at 100 on paper or practice at 300 on steel, positional and concentrate on fundamentals. Um
0: well, it, again, you that that, that point point one wind difference. That <laughs> if I break a shot and I'm out point one point two, I haven't missed the target because of that point one point two. I missed it because I was in a rush to get into my position. My reticle was wobbling all over the place. I knew it. I broke the shot anyway, rather than knowing I should have actually sorted my shit out, got into a proper position, slowed everything down, focused on the fundamentals, and focused on breaking a proper shot. That point one or point two of maybe my wind correction if it was bang on in the first place, is not the reason I missed. It's, it's a good excuse to say, this is where Blair would be writing it down in the book. There's another excuse why I did miss, but it ain't. It's because I haven't practiced. So your thoughts of having a thousand rounds of six, five, even if it had a lower BC is going to way out do me turning up with a hundred rounds of a tips that I've never shot because they're so damn expensive per round that I don't want to, you know, Yep. so. No, it's, yeah,
1: it's because it's, um, coined precision shooting, and uh, I mean, we, we try to push the practical shooting aspect, but um, yeah, everyone thinks it's and, and you see, definitely what you see in states, is, it's getting to the point, especially their PRS series where it's tactical bench rest, yeah. um, and they do shoot smaller targets in the states.
0: But we're also talking about people who are damn near doing it proper professionally, meaning yeah. they have the resources and the time yeah. and and the young yeah. the kids coming through who are doing probably a couple of hours of dry fire practice oh, yeah. every single day. Yeah. So if you're at that point, it's like the 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 world the the uh, Olympic level runners, yeah, a slightly different style of shoe or a slightly slipperier style of swimsuit for a swimmer makes a difference when you're at that level. I'm not at that level. I, you know, no. there's, there's no, guys no, one probably, in, no one here yeah. is
1: in New Zealand. Yeah. No, like, if you could get our top shooters and send them to an American match, and you'd be lucky to pull in the top 50 properly. Just, mm. it's just, I'm not saying they're not good shooters, they're excellent shooters. I compete with them, I, w- I want to beat them. But yeah, yeah. The, our, our level of competition isn't high enough to push our level of shooting that high if they make that's my opinion anyway people can argue it, whatever
0: yeah and, and it's hard to have a, a profession a true professional infrastructure where sponsorship where guys having ammo and components and stuff sent so they can, it's not costing them it's different it's it's true professional anyone who's sort of like oh a professional shooter or a sponsor shooter in New Zealand it's like yeah no no no, no. you know
1: a profession means you make a living from something that's yeah you know uh, it's it's <laughs> if you're making a living from shooting uh Field and and precision matches in New Zealand. Um, Message me and tell me how. (laughs)
0: Let us know. Trying to figure it out
1: for you. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's that 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 like we're talking about the Dylan and the ball camera, but and maybe less than ideal projectiles and less than fifteen feet or ten feet per second extreme spreads. Um, Yeah, it's it's just concentrate. That's why I like Ryan Kleckner of all the instructors in the states. Mm. Has I mean he's been a bit quiet for a while, but. He just says minute of angle, man. If you can shoot minute of angle he, all he's day. He's I know, you I got, know I got really excited. Oh, he's I oh, he's awesome. But he's <laughs> and he's like, no one can do it. No one can shoot minute of angle all day. They can't. Yeah. Not in the real world. And um, so if you can just, like, yeah. hey, I, I buy new shit all the time, but just fucking.
0: Yeah, you know. I know. But I think we've both done enough of it that we know we're not doing it because we genuinely think it's going to actually shoot. You know, it's not going to suddenly put us in. It's not going to move us up into the 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 number one place by putting that gun into a new chassis. I know that's not the case. Right. I'm doing it because yeah, it feels better. I like it. I probably enjoy shooting it more. but that doesn't necessarily mean it will shoot better. Is it di- yeah. is a different? You know, I mean, there's certainly yes. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. So
1: there's certainly certain accessories like like a a scope that has good glass, and, and that's yeah. easy now because like for like nine hundred dollars, you can get a pretty wicked scope now. Yeah, as much as people want to. Whatever. Uh if you have like a quite a flimsy hunting stock, some some of them when you rest the forehand on something, they may contact the barrel. Okay, that's sure. gonna handicap you. But like other than some shit like that, or like a really nasty bipod, um you know, it's and like okay, okay if you're not zeroed
0: properly and you don't actually know what the drop data is. No, well, okay, perfect biggest trick for them.
1: Cause if you turn up say you've got a zero, right? You're turning up to my winter match I did um, a few months ago. Great match, good fun, right? But it's only up to like maximum 600 meters, most inside five. You could turn up with a 6.5 more, shooting roughly the same bullet as me and you could run my dope. It'd be within point 0.1 yeah. on most things. It doesn't It doesn't actually matter that much. Yeah. Inside those medium distances. And you might go, I'm actually trending towards bottom of target. I'm just going to add a click. To every piece of dope Graham's giving me and you'll probably be okay like we're talking about that's reasonably positional heavy shoot not a lot of prone not a lot of comfy prone you so that breaking clean shots is far more important than um than having your uh you know all, all these other things squared away but I guess it's just you, you do it for a little bit longer and longer and and I could be well wrong on this, but you just I see certain things where I think, frick, I was wasting a lot of time there. Now, some people may want an F-class style group.
0: That's it. And and I, and I know people who, um, they were driven for their reloading. You know, Christian was always a good example of us. He was cutting his kernels of powder in half. Yeah, and yeah. Lodged. But that's also his mindset, it's his mentality and he needed to do that because then otherwise he would be sitting there fretting and worrying about it. But Mm. he said to me more than once, he's like, I do all this so that I know I've got no one, nothing to blame other than myself and my shooting. And that was because of his personality and that was, he needed that drive to it. I just like, yeah, okay, no, no, that's not, that's not me, that's fine. But then I'm not, not a engineer gunsmith super you know it was never going to be something i was going to do. probably
1: is swiss heritage that really drives that uh that (laughs) worse than germans
0: yeah Yeah. so you know so that that, that's fine and if people want to do that again this is the other thing people want to do it go to town this is people enjoy reloading. people enjoy that that finicky and getting those you know uh, sd of three it's like okay cool that's cool Mm. that's that's fine that's what you you know i i and currently enjoying making weird sounds with a modular synthesizer Mm. i don't expect anyone else to appreciate it but i do i do it because i enjoy it so um so yeah so that's all good but yeah the the dylan's um like people always you always see it come up with people reloading on the dylan's and guys like oh you can't make make m out of that and i always kind of point out it's like well you know david tubb regina uh, There's a hell of a lot of the PRS people, NRL, we'll just call it the, the practical guys stateside doing it. I'm going to go back to David Tubb. <laughs> you know, who was winning comps with his 550. It was a 550. To be fair, it was a, a tuned 550. It's not a standard out of the box. rough mm. is good enough, but hell. But again, it's, yeah, we, as we say so much, it's also about <coughs> being clear on what you need it to do and your expectations, and then then you're fine.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, Definitely. And again, uh, most of what I reference is back to that that practical application shooting. Yep. Not the extended, not the extreme long range, not the F class. I don't know anything about F class. I I will say one thing might might annoy people. A lot of people say you do F class, you learn the wind. Wicket, oh, we we are so good at wind. None of them know the wind in the field. Not not saying none of them. None of them. Obviously, because it's different, right?
0: you know, know the of the range you're shooting at, yeah. Which is and so that's that's, fine. That's yeah. the skill. That is the skill of going. I know what the sign. I know at this range what this looks like. It means that. That's where I'm. Why I'm trying to shoot these tiny on the bulls and the. That's mm. Why I'm trying to get in so small and and. Yeah, I mean, if we turned up and shot in their environment, they would probably outshoot us because they know the 100%. environment and they've shot yeah. in it as they damn well should. It. There is always going to be that home range advantage. There should be because yeah. you should know the range you shoot in, you know, and what it means. Yeah. But. Yeah, then turn them ninety degrees off into a different angle with a wind's yeah, different. Or, yes, or
1: with, with, with troughs and gullies yeah. and. I just I just hear it a lot, and then I see it not work out nearly every time. Although once they start shooting field, which a lot of them do, well, several I know they sort of start. They realise it's a, it's a pretty different game. Um, hmm. You know, it's, I guess that's well, it was popular.
0: Well, it was like that post you put up today. You know, and someone was talking about squaring up behind the rifle, and they're like, Yeah, but ELR doesn't really matter. And it's like, Well, ELR, you can't, you're not looking to see your impacts because you can't see that far. So it's not, yeah, particularly relevant yeah. if you're consistent, it, you're consistent. Yeah,
1: I think it does matter to a certain extent for recall management, but, um,
0: well, but also the guns
1: are extremely heavy. So Yeah, the guns are not.
0: super heavy. I, I guess this is the thing. The question then is, is the recoil management, how much of the recoil management uh, translates into a accuracy or precision factor, and how much of the recoil management is a result of wanting to come back down onto target quickly so you can get that second sight picture, mm. see the result of your shot, and be able to follow up quickly. And... If you're an ELR where the, the, the strings are a lot, they're not necessarily as, good. Oh, I suppose if you're trying to shoot in the same same environment with the window, you may want to get back in there and shoot again. But I guess it's it's also to do with tempo of what's going on. And I, I often say for guys, for the recoil management, it's as much as about coming back down target so you can see if you've hit or missed the target or the animal for, from a practical side of things because you may mm. need to follow up or you may not need to and you want to be able to see that. Whereas if your gun's jumping way off target and you got no freaking idea whether you hit the, you know, did I hit it? Did I hit it? Which gets gets us back to that whole meerkatting. Did I hit the thing? Because your yep. gun's over here. So that's that's an advantageous to be down back on the target and be able to watch that bullet hit the target or miss so we can see the correction. Um, To me, that's the bigger benefit. I, yes, it no doubt does also translate a bit to the accuracy precision side of it, but I reckon it's more the that second sight picture. Is, is yeah. a major, major benefit out of it.
1: I'm definitely no expert in it. Like I, I still take lessons with Simon all the time. But man, when I started like getting my body position better, I'm not saying it's perfect, I still I still make mistakes or compromises in situations. But mm. man, I think I might have said, but I, I had some problems, so I talked to him, he came out and he goes, Oh yeah, he's like da, 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 da. he goes over this and he's going to have an actual name with me. Because I thought I knew what it was, but it didn't. And then he goes, All right. We had a hundred metres and I just had a vivid X drawn on it or something. He's like, shoot around at that. Boom. And he goes, I think you've missed the target. And I go, yeah, I can't see. What the heck? I was just shooting to 223. And he goes, shoot it again. And I go, boom. And I was like, man, I come and checked this gun earlier. It was freaking bang on. Like, I didn't want to embarrass myself. But like, we can't see nothing. spotting scope, whatever. And we had, you know, 24 times optics. But we wandered down there and I put two shots in the dead centre of the X. Like... Like, like, and I'm talking a vivid width, and it's barely, barely, you can barely tell it's, it's two bullets. Yeah. Holy shit! And like, it was I was shooting, say, five shots and three quarters of an inch. Like, it was pretty good, good enough anyway. And then it just, it just pulled it, Mm. you know. And that was just that consistent body position, square. And there's definitely people can shoot with the older um, army man style. You're still sitting in a lot of things, but um man, it just straight away just pulled it in. But that natural point of aim was the biggest one, getting that sorted and then being able to manage that recall, albeit two to three recall. Um, well, no, no, no. Instantly. Like,
0: your natural point of aim is, that's yeah, that that's that's
1: it's, it's, it's key. Every, but, it's everything. Well, yeah. it's not everything, but it's – it's. I see a lot of guys too. It's usually your shoes and they're like, oh, man, why can't I get these groups any better? Like, they'll be shooting like an inch and a quarter or something, five shots or an inch, and they're not happy. And, to a certain extent, I'm like, well, they're probably just pulling the trigger in a different place every time, within reason, you know what I mean? And yeah. so it's and so it's, it's all these things you need to try to stack up. And I still bugger it up, but it's, sometimes there's just these things you get taught by people who are far more knowledgeable than you, and you go, oh, man, this is like big light bulb. Um, why haven't I been more concerned about natural point of aim? Yeah. And, you know, applying, even just applying pressure, people are like, oh, your hand should be neutral. Well, it's like, no. You no. should be applying pressure to your shoulder with the push grip. Your thumb should be neutral.
0: Again, again, for field shooting, practical shooting, what we're doing, if you're on a bench, yeah. get off the goddamn rifle and free recoil it, for all I care. It's a whole different yeah. system. And, yeah, then yeah. then you see them. They're on the side of the rifle. They are just touching their face down, and the whole gun slides back, and they push it back yeah. into battery. I know it's not the right term, but they push it back into the same point where it comes back. It's a different style because i yeah. don't need to move the gun they're not holding on in a weird whacked up position yeah. off a tank trap or something so yeah that's that's the big thing i didn't i because i can't do live fire i did some drive got some dry fire today i had the um so i had the xlr um xlr my chassis the the i might have mentioned the folding stock on mm-hmm. it, the button had broken so i was locking, so. I emailed them and uh, I had a look actually and said, oh, it's a life- realises lifetime warranty. They emailed them. They said, we'll send you one down. And it turned up and it took about two, three weeks.
1: That's pretty awesome, especially with the state of the world. Yep. yeah, that quick. It
0: yeah. was phenomenal. I'll put it this way and I'm careful, but basic, My, I, I applied for an um, import permit because I'm like, this could not go, it could go any way. Yeah. It turned up quicker than the police got back to me to approve the import permit. But I've got the import permit, so now I'll send it back to them and to the police and go, look, it's all turned up anyway. Here it is and tie it all up that way. But, yeah. you know, so anyway, so I put that on there, did some dry fire to try that because it's nice to have a stock that doesn't like fold like that every time you try and pull it in, pull it in, push it forward, sandwich it. Uh, but yeah, I still notice what I do is I'm very... Um, Uh, a very square behind the rifle shoulder square pulling this in medial as well but i still then i do all that and then i still twist around to rest my do that yeah just get you know and i'm 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 less but there's a difference between that and that that's where i habitually still go down to that is square so it's just getting comfortable with the proper square elbows and light you know so but that's just micro managing your body position really and then put a timer yeah,
1: behind I, me, I'll forget all the shit. I mean, with pr- again, I, I just practice this thing, but I find with a prone too, you've got to be able to compromise in some regard, like an unconventional prone on the side of a slope or downslope yep. or something. You have to compromise. So if I'm leaning down a hill, I'll, I'll actually I'll, I'll bend this leg. Like I'll still be square, but my leg won't be coming out on a nice sort of angle, it'll have a kink in it, just, just so I don't roll over sort <laughs> of thing. <laughs> like, so it's like, okay, you can get this perfect perfect position, but you'll fall down the bank and you yeah, can't yeah, manage prickle, yeah. recall, it fall down the bank. So um, I just, yeah, I just... Back to the,
0: the, the practical element of it.
1: Yeah, and like you might, okay, you might be shooting off a tripod, right? So you're saying and square, you pop your knees out so your legs are straight. Um, but what if you're not in a... Um, a flat area you might have to bend one leg or yeah. something. So it's just a matter of there's always gonna be compromise, I guess. But again, I'm definitely no expert in positional, but I've just taken a huge interest in it in the last well really this year. Yeah. And my shooting has gone it's it's a lot it's a huge improvement would be the way I'm trying to put it. Just in um just in connecting and then being repeatable and spotting shots and, you know, yeah. Still can't win anything. So Maybe it's all a big joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all hilarious. It's yeah. all hilarious. Um Right. So we have just ticked a couple of those. Oh, um buttstock position. I oh, saw so you put that article. Well, you put the link up to a video, which then there was a comment about the position into the into medial, into yeah. the chest. Um yeah, I, so I I often you know I, if I've got guys out with trying, hey, try pull it in because the same thing we're all taught like put it into the your mm-hmm. shoulder pocket, which most of us translate that as this this bit in here somewhere. The gap, yeah. The gap, yeah, because that's that's must be the pocket that's where it sinks in. So we're sitting in here, so we're straightening everything up, and then the last thing we're doing is cocking the rifle way back, on, well not way back, but out to a side as well. So we've got that angle back yeah. in there. And again, if you're shooting traditionally or unsupported, you support in the front. Well, of course, it twists around that way. You can't do this if you're twisted that way. Um, but but then I, I shouldn't put in there. I think I wrote in the article. Then I forewarn people. It's like don't pick up your three, lightweight 300 Win Mag T3X with your carbon stock and fluted and cut all the weight out of it and try and put it up here on your collarbone and pull the trigger because it's going to hurt like hell. Mm. So. Again, we're we're it's it's a technique that's related to particular equipment, you know. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. You have a I mean it, a giant muzzle break on it. Yeah, that's actually different. But if you've got something that kicks, you don't you don't put your infield on there. That's going to hurt like hell.
1: No, I've actually got bruises I'm pretty i shoot been soups milsips. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I re- this sounds bad, but I really want to buy one of those pads that strip under your shirt. When I'm shooting you, old guns,
0: you need a tweed jacket with like one of those limb saver built. Oh, in yeah. I think you would see yeah. that, Gray. I think you'd rock that, you know.
1: <laughs> I don't I think I'll get a bit of grief if I used a the, the bitch pad. So, but that's just the maybe just don't shoot them prone and you won't get bruised. But what?
0: Um. Yeah. I, you would probably know. Would have they traditionally been shot a lot prone or would have it been more running and dashing and running around? They wouldn't have been
1: also, also, I guess it depends. I'm not an expert on doctrine. I got a little bit of stuff manuals on um, home guard manuals per se, but yeah. there was prone, but uh, you know, sling supported. Pr- there's no bipods in. Sure. No. There's sl- sling supported, uh, shooting out of trenches, um, kneeling, sitting. Um, yeah. re- re- they, I, to a certain extent, I don't, again, I'm no expert, but sort of after the first world war, they weren't expected to take many long range precision shots anymore. They sort of realized that um, that was a thing of the past. Even though the guns were superior, but um, and then it became the role of the machine gun, the artillery, or yep. the when snipers become a mainstream thing during the second, uh, first world war. But I guess they were taking prone shots, but I guess you can even think of what they were doing was oh, I hate to compare things, but they would have been doing a bit of positional stuff mm. because battlefields would have been dynamic, but um. I see, I see a lot of people. Also, to
0: be honest, I, I have to assume because I don't know from first hand experience, but if you're in a battlefield and there's people charging and there's people shooting around you, you probably don't feel that recall. You really don't feel that. It's us in our lovely little environments with our waterproofs on and everything, lining everything up. Oh, ooh, ooh, felt that one. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, exactly. Uh, our, yeah. <laughs> but that, that recall thing's interesting. Um, like I say, because I mean, there's techniques. Like a lot of guys who don't like the stuff we do, they'll have the other train of thought of no bipod or no suppressors or blah blah blah. And they make you weak. And but they, right. they do the, the fore-end holding.
0: You have your yeah. Nathan Foster yeah. d- methodology, which is a lot of yeah. guys follow in New Zealand, which is actually valid. But again,
1: yeah. it's a different game.
0: Different gun. Yeah. yeah. Different gun, and, different purpose.
1: And, and that but that's using holding the fore-end and a bunch of other yeah. stuff, and it's a different whole different technique. And it, it, I mean, you could probably imply it now, world, but um there's not a lot of need for it with six fives and lower cutters or heavier like you know, magnums, but they're generally not light because we're not humping these things around the mountains like we've touched on previously. There's not that many we used to see a lot of like teakers, just factory teakers and howers and whatever and Remington's it shoots we don't anymore. They're all chassis up purpose built or uh, turnkey packages that are already set up um yeah let's split up it now i guess and really i don't want to shoot 100 rounds of magnum
0: no well i was talking to somebody for the for simon's upcoming team shoot and i'm sort of uh, just sorting out a team matt maybe shooting it's cool we mm-hmm. do that so i was talking to somebody else and they're oh I'll bring down my um 300 win mag and shoot team with you i'm like i don't really know if you want to shoot a whole day on a three oh, i'll be fine i'm like
1: Oh, it's heavy. I, fine. You? <laughs> I've seen it.
0: Yeah, I I, be, I went to a course where the there was a group of guys with the seven mm REMs and 300 wins and lightweight rigs, and they were their hunting rigs. So they were light carbon, you know, and they were getting after shooting a, a box of ammo, they were getting beaten up and they start compromising because they're like, I've had enough of I'm getting hurt, you know? Yeah. And it's all very well, very blokey to go. Oh, I can do it and push through. I'm like, okay, that's cool, man. That's it, you do you, you do you. But I just know that for me, shooting like sixty rounds of that, I'm going to be smarting at the end of the day. So I won't be performing as well as I can, and it's not what they were designed for anyway. So yeah,
1: I, I did a bunch of stuff. I, I got a 300 PRC, and it's quite lightweight. Yep, <clears throat> it's very lightweight actually, and it just even unless so I put a big. big big suppressor on it big aim sports suppressor like the maximus where it is for that sort of um job and it reduced the recall significantly for over no no muzzle device but even then it was light it still pushed me around yeah so you know hunting was cool it was fun for hunting like yeah smacking fallow deer and having that that sort of big power um but I did a bit of, you know, playing around at a thousand and twelve hundred with it and like sure it could connect well for like three shots and then it would walk with the barrel being oh. so little, but it was an enjoyable shooting, like um, you know, a 308 or a 65 or a two to three, I think. So I guess that maybe that's an interesting thing is and I've been talking about it with a few guys lately, is you know, build the gun for what you're gonna be doing 80% of the time, 90% of the time, rather than build the gun for that sort of five percent. You know, like if you hunt every weekend, uh, and you do a lot of like gong shooting and stuff, and then maybe every once every three years you go to the Southern Alps. So you're like, man, I'm going to build the lightest gun I can, pencil profile, you know, you know, all that, whatever, cool. But then you don't actually do really any of that, and you're just hammering away on steel, or you're shooting goats out of a four wheeler.
0: With a Kimber mountain ascent or something like that, which I, well, yeah, I, whatever. It's, I mean, it's a beautiful gun. Like, yeah, holy hell, it would. It's like, yeah, man, you're, I zeroed it for him and it shot like a freaking laser, but I'm like, yeah, I don't want to really shoot that anymore. It's, I'd take it, I'd love to take it hunting because it weighs nothing. Yeah. And, it, and you'll point it at something, press the trigger, and it will drop over because the thing will just hit anything you're aiming at. But don't, I don't really want to shoot more than five rounds through it.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly, but I mean, I mean, definitely for some guys, one rifle is the only option they have financially, yeah. so that's cool. I can't back them at all.
0: But also, with what you're saying as well, is guys need to be aware of building this 1K gun when they're not actually shooting to 1K.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: you know, there's this fixation on, oh, we're going to do our, we're going to compare our ballistics and do all the stuff at 1K." It's like, are you shooting to 1K? I'm starting to do more and my, my comparisons and stuff at five or six hundred meters because that's more relevant to where for of for shooting comps where the average distance for North, you know, the shooting comps I do, the mm. hunt, I'm not going to hunt that far. I just don't. So I'm suddenly like, well, actually comparing stuff at five, 600 makes much more sense for what I'm doing. Yep. Um, and I, I did a recent, I did that article for the, um, uh, the gun number after a conversation last week, because it. I was speaking to Sam afterwards and it finally just clicked and it, I'd read it. I listened to Frank, Kaylin, Phil, I talked to them about it, asked them how it worked and it never had just meshed for me. And for some reason, someone said something where it just finally meshed. I'm like, well, that's pretty freaking obvious. How did I not figure that out? You dumb am mm. so like, all right, I better, I would need to lock that down by writing an art. This is how I memorize stuff as I write an article about it because now it's, I have to re- tidy it up, and lock it down anyway. But then figuring the stuff out at five, 600 meters is you realize you're rounding so much stuff by doing that, but then you compare the quick rule where you can figure it out in your head in about 10 seconds versus getting the Kestrel out. You're like 0.05 of a mil difference at 600 meters. It's like, I'm not worried about rounding stuff because what's yeah. 0.06 of it? Not even a 0.1 mil, half of a half of a click. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I actually had a friend of mine the other day. He's asking for <clears throat> recommendations for a scope, certain power range, like three to eighteen, or something. But he wanted eighth minute clicks, and I was going, "Why do you want eighth minute clicks?" He's like, "Oh, for really like tuning it in when Fine. I'm shooting mag. Yeah, for when I'm shooting magpies at five hundred meters and stuff." And I was like, "It doesn't matter, dude." And he's like, "No, nah, it does." not I was like, "All right, whatever. <laughs> like, cool. Yeah, if you're gonna buy it, like I've played with a few eighth click scopes." Yep. Even one from my friend's game recently, and I just glanced at it and thought it was Mills. So I started applying Mills to it and I couldn't hit anything. And right. I was like, oh, wait a minute, this is only eight. <laughs> it's not <laughs> 10 bits. And they are, for our game, they they're just be asking for trouble in my opinion. But if you practice with it, you practice with it.
0: But- right, so I, I've had quite a few of the Swaros come through and you'll see they just love to do things weirdly Swarovski. So that's where you, I've seen a few of the eights. Yeah. Um, I, I guess f buffs man. These are, are the hunting, you know, they're the, the, oh, are the well, hunting well, ones, but yeah, I don't, I, anyway.
1: One of the biggest advantages I see with Mill, well, the best thing I ever did was transfer to Mill for competition stuff and FFP, but one of the biggest advantages is you're working in far smaller numbers. You know, yeah. like, I'm, I've got a, uh, as I scope on my 22 at the moment, and man, I'm dialing like 50 minutes Mm -hmm. and then I'm holding, like, another 32. But if it was MRAD, it'd just be, like, such a small number. And it's exactly the same thing, but it's so much easier to manipulate in the competition. And I
0: I was having to play off the gun number because I've... (sighs) Various reasons, mainly mainly because I've been following um, Thomas, THLR, for years, and he's always mm. run metres per second rather than um, miles per hour because he's Euro- European-style things. Yep. So I did the gun number as a metres per second, and it still works. The math still works. It's just that it gets rounded, uh, I'm not sure, quicker, slower, quicker, you know, the numbers, you're like, oh, it's going to round it quicker. But then, then I back-calculated it and figured out what the variance was from using the Kestrel or the actual calculator. I'm like, it still doesn't matter. So mm. now I know, you know, s- roughly six mile per hour gun, 2.5 meters per second gun, which is what my six creed would be. It's roughly, roughly, roughly. Um, it's like, yeah, okay, still still works, you know. I, I'm more likely to be able to tell you what the speed is and meters per second than miles per hour, and then I have to convert it or what. So
1: I run uh, meters per second.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I I think Is there
0: a reason? Is it what do,
1: there's two I mean, reasons.
0: Why There's did two. Why did you start? Yes. What's the history? So,
1: behind the Simon ran a like an intro to probably an intro to fundamentals. I guess you call it course at my my place several years back. Yep. And he said, "Oh, you you don't need to do it. You you're already better than the intended audience." That sounds funny, but I wasn't because I listened. I listened and no, yes. I was like, "Holy <laughs> holy fuck! I need to learn so much." <laughs> anyway, and he he was talking about it, so I started using it there, and then um. I've got your little Kestrel unit still and I use it all the time and it was setting meters per second when <laughs> you set it down. So I've just stuck with it. Because <laughs> you can change it on your app or whatever, doesn't it matter? Of
0: course, of course.
1: Yeah. So the some Kestrel- things like there's perfect reasons and other times it's just like, it was already there. It's just what I fucking Well,
0: I, I remember and I've never used it. But again, Christian was using meters per second because he's like, if you can see something getting blown around in the wind and you've got a mill reticle and you can count it in seconds, you could figure out how fast the wind is going. Yeah, I'm no, like Simon the,
1: taught me the same thing. He yeah. said the prickles in summer, he yeah. said it'll be in front of you and you look at like the fence and like battens are like 750 apart or something, so you're like, oh, okay, here to there is that far. Whatever. You can judge yep. distance usually. And he's like, just count how long it takes to get the prickle between the two points mm-hmm. and then subtract mm-hmm. that to metres. If you've got nothing, it's like, holy fuck, I've got no way of telling how fast the wind is. You've got all these calculations on how branches bend and stuff, but that's all out of the States. They don't have pungers in the States. They don't have manuka. No. You know, so yeah. it's like, do we have a New Zealand version? I don't know, but things travelling through the air, yeah, it's it's an actually a simple, ingenious way of a quick wind speed estimator. Um, yeah, that's it's interesting you brought that up. I'd kind of forgotten about it.
0: Yeah, that's that's. I think it was enough to get me going, and then when I saw Thomas was running the same, I'm like, all right, done. So whatever, fine. And, yeah, you know, I, it was always a little bit of me. I think it was going it was like, oh well everyone else is using miles per hour from america so i'm going to use meters per second anyway because i quite like my metric so
1: yeah i mean we're using scopes we're yeah. using meters for target yeah. distance and meters per second
0: we're um, still using feet per second though for for velocity often.
1: i know meters per second is weird when you're like yes. i guess because it sounds more impressive yeah yeah like you know oh three thousand feet per second or it's like no nah, i'm running 957 yeah. meters per second it's like what not as Is that 22? No, no, meters per second. Meters
0: one of the <laughs> bigger numbers. But it, it's all you know, you look at the, the Sarco boxes of ammo because of their origin, they have the meters per second speeds on the boxes, and you yeah, know, so but again, yeah. we've got these calculators things in all our pockets. We can convert <laughs> any of this stuff, but it's just yeah. So so um, so you've um I just wrote down sort of as a thing the, the buttstock position to go back into the circle back into that right so you've I'm assuming you've started to get it more medial into the middle over time yeah
1: trying it's it's sort of naturally moved over um, so
0: well the question the question is then is is cuz I noticed I have and again I every time I get behind the rifle I'm aware of this cuz I drop I drop my buttstock my my adjustable butt pad down again today cuz I've just realized that it's, the more medial I go with it the more the center the more I get my face up, straight up and down, and I'm nearly on a chin weld mm-hmm. more than a cheek weld these days. The other thing I realised last time I went to the optometrist, I actually asked them. I said, "Doc, I've got to ask. Are my eyes closer together than the average man? Because <laughs> it's something I've always wondered. Because I, I have struggled. I've always had to tip my head over." And he looked at me, and said, I can look at you straight away and tell you that your eyes are closer together than most people, because I, I know this, because whenever you have the binoculars, I just close them up as close as possible. And that's always going to be good for my I, eyes. I always
1: go as far as I can. Like, yeah, no, right? So yeah, our
0: face, our head sizes are all different. Yeah. So if you think about it, we have the same pair of binos. I'm going to close them all in. You're going to open them out. Our eyes are set differently, which means yeah. that my position, then getting it on the rifle, if my the traditional cheek sitting over here, then I've always had to camp my head over to get it behind the scope. And that's still where I struggle. So today I've now gone right straight, drop that, that, that cheek pad all the way down, and basically, yeah, like I so, said, I've got a cheek or a tooth weld, which again, I've got to be careful because I don't want to do that with big guns because that's not, I've done that before and that's not pleasing either. Yeah,
1: I think, I think I naturally just, whether I I do it as much as I think I do, but <clears throat> in reality, um, but I've, I'm conscious of bending my neck over, like mm. you say, and I, I still see a lot of guys will... Um, the, it's a, a lot a part of it's that whole scope as low as possible. Um yeah. for no particular stupid reason.
0: Mechanical offset <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, blank range, which so is you can, relevant to what so can
1: so you can get hundred meter zero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, my guy. Anyway. <laughs> um but bending right over, canting your neck, you know, you can feel it straining yeah, straining yeah. your eyes. Um so I've just been bit conscious of that. And I've never been overly shy of running my scope a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've naturally a lot of the time just had a, a whale well, a little bit lower under the cheekbone. And um, again, it, I'd have to set up a camera in front and, and and look at it to be to be sure I'm doing it. But I think I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, so there was a video that uh, Scott Satterley put up years ago, I think, which was really, he really hammered home this thing where he was, he's, all, he's almost like, I'm on the back of the rifle. I'm not on the rifle. I'm behind the rifle and it's tucked in. And then, because the other, I suggested, Somebody was getting bipod hop on the range. Yep. I was like, well, it's, you're sitting on a hard two. Anyway, you load in the bipod, everything is a hopping, you know, you're right-handed, it's hopping this way. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, well, try straightening up, squaring up. But then I said, hang on, hang on, though. The only thing is, is if you do that, um, you're probably going to want to change your eye relief because you're further behind the gun now, which is what I've had to do, pull it back. So if you then, because this was a hunting guide, if you then give it to your client who's then going to shoot traditionally, now they're going to be actually further in on the scope than you probably want them and they're going to wear it. So I said in the end, I'm like, I've told you all the stuff. Don't do that because yeah. it's a client rifle and you're going to end up setting people up to scope themselves because you're going to have, or they're going to be doing the opposite and trying to pull their head back to get proper eye relief, which is not going to work out well for, mm. for a, a gun setup either.
1: So. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, especially I've never thought of that for a for a a hunting guide type situation. You really want something with a really long, easy eye relief, so you can actually creep it forward um, because people will split their eyes. Yeah. Yep.
0: no, not an issue I've had, obviously. But no. no, and, and I, I typed all this out and then then reread it and then went. Hang on a minute, oh, this is that whole um, internet thing of providing advice before maybe taking time to ask ask a few extra questions and really clarify what it is. Hmm. Because I kind of reread it and saw that he was basically setting it up ready for his clients next week. I'm like, oh, actually, do don't do what I've just suggested because it's you, it's not going to work. Well, probably get away from it. Probably work. It'd be probably fine. But I'm like, yeah, no, you, you actually don't want to. You know, pull that scope back any further. It's not going to actually be right because the next person who shoots it won't do it the same.
1: No, exactly.
0: Um, exactly. Yeah, and I, I've had the same thing when guys have come out to do some training, and I'm like, "Are you thinking of starting to shoot?" You know, I can show you the way I was taught to shoot, and the way I shoot, and the way I've learned and pushed to shoot. But if this is your hunting rig and you're planning, when you've done here, you're going to go straight back to shooting how you're used to and offhand and everything. There's no point you doing some of this stuff. It's not going to work for that rifle. Some of the, t- you know, the trigger stuff, that, that all makes sense. The the loading a bipod, pulling into your shoulder, those, the sandwiching the gun and everything still makes perfect sense and still translates. But, yeah, there's, there's certain things which come down to the equipment and what we're using it for, the, the gear as well. Mm. So I,
1: One thing I, I had a, on one of my chassis, I had my butt pad set quite high, and it was incredibly comfortable prone. <clears throat> uh, I, and I sort of I, I set it up and didn't do any positional for whatever period of time and then I was out uh, doing some positional with Simon and Mark and Carl and stuff and priming, bang 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 and we are running mock stages and I got into I got into uh, um, a, a sitting or something supported sitting and God it was uncomfortable having this I had the, the pad far too high and Simon, and I was struggling, and he said afterwards, he said, oh, is that real comfortable prone? I was like, yeah, it's great prone. He's said, mm. like, yeah, but it sucks positional, it doesn't sucked
0: it? It sucks than anything else. Yeah. yeah,
1: and so, you know, I, I bought it back down in Happy Medium and, and practiced both and, you yeah. know, talked it over with him, and um, we, we come to, oh, but I didn't even realize what it was doing, and that's that whole, it may be wicked prone, but you got to test it out. Um, yeah. And in the other styles, you'll shoot it. If you only shoot prone, then it's sweet, it's prone. Game. Well,
0: yeah where that potentially heads and it's like with the KRG that's coming up, I've got the, the whiskey whiskey coming up it's got the numbers on it and the markings on it if you look at some of the um, uh, Commonwealth or the air rifle shooters and stuff like that, they will change their whole setup yeah. from position to position and it's possible that we'll get to the same point as as the the sport or the shooting guys evolve, it's just like yeah I'm going to be mainly off, or I'm going to drop my stock to number 3 or something like that I don't know it's, I, yeah There'll it's be just resistance. finding a happy medium, yeah. There'll be resistance initially because people are going to forget and then eventually they may find, you know, like many other things, it just becomes a norm. So. Well,
1: adjustable um, features even on some hunting guns is becoming more common. Yeah. We, we are very reluctant here at New Zealand to adopt anything different for hunting. Um, mm. We do it eventually. But, um, yeah, it's like adjustable butt pads is now a thing. On, like bagaras, is right, super popular. Tika now have adjustable grips. Yep. Um, you know, it used to be this is what you've got, this is what you use, you just deal with it. And um, guys are now like um, some adjustable cheek highs, rises. And so instead of having to bolt a pad on, you can just click it up. And um, Mauser now do the Feldjen Job and some German world, the field sport. That comes with adjustable, lightweight adjustable cheek rest, you know. And it's like, yeah, this is good because then it doesn't matter, like if the guy's scopes are. He Went with a medium ring and a 20 minute rail, you know, he just looked his cheek riser up and yeah. um, and that, but yeah, it's we're getting there, but then
0: there'll be guys
1: who are just all they want is a Monte Carlo stock and or a and straight if, wrist or something.
0: If you're shooting shit in the bush at 50 meters, doesn't matter, well, we don't need that adjustable cheek rest either. <laughs>
1: no, no, you probably don't, you probably want the reason stuff. you missed, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 um, it's interesting, but I think. <clears throat> I think yeah, some companies are slowly coming around to seeing that there's certain aspects of precision that are useful for hunting, especially as guys' hunting distances um, get uh, extended, whether it's a good thing or not, but they just want to sell a product.
0: Yeah, I know, which with um, – and I'm sure we'll cover again at some point when people need a reminder, but, yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should. There's a there's a yeah. difference there. Yeah. One thing that came up recently that a guy hit me up was – he was looking for a um, – uh, it was a folding adapter. And I, for hunting, and I was always, I've always been like, why do you need a folding it for hunting? He said, so when I'm in the helicopter, or when I'm in the backpack, or when I'm doing these things, I can fold it down. It's like drops that much length of it, and suddenly it's not going to get caught up on shit above me. It's not so much of an issue to pack and all these bits and pieces. And I never really thought of it. And I mean, again, in hindsight, you're like, well, actually, that's that's probably not a bad idea at all. That could be quite useful. I had always been drilled, like from a hunting point of view. I was told I was even told not to put a sling on my gun because I might be tempted to carry my rifle on my shoulder. You know, if you're hunting, you have your yeah. rifle in your hands. Dep- yeah, d-
1: I guess it's depending on style of hunting. But of course, um,
0: of course, this was bush hunter. So he's like, you're stalking slowly. Do not have, do not yeah. be bush stalking. One thing like, I would be,
1: up. I would caution people with having any form of folder on a bush gun is generally bush guns have short barrels, and you will yes. inadvertently make a pistol. I know it's yes. not a pistol. By law, so I got sent the Howard eleven hundred, yeah, twenty two. And they sent through the chassis comes with a folder, right? Awesome, that's cool. I put it on. I'm like, oh, oh, I got to, I got to ta- take because the foldering adapter comes out. You can just fold straight on, took it out, and a mention to the importer. I said, hey, that's becomes a pistol, yeah, with the folder, and like, oh fuck, you know, because I send them out with them. You didn't even think about it, but it's only like it's a twenty or an eighteen inch barrel, whatever it is, sixteen. I don't know, and. And to say, yeah, just check folded, it has to be over 762 millimeters. Yeah. Easy to remember. 762, 30 inches. That's the that's the law from from rifling, not from suppressor. Yes. So with suppressor, I would have been fine, but that's yep. not the law. Even though there's yep. some conflicting information, it's end of rifling to yep. its most collapsed form. So
0: is that um, that's uh yeah, if you can take it off, then it's basically it, that's the notion of if you can collapse it down and take that suppressor, that's where you're measuring it from because you can bolt all the stuff on to make it longer, but it's where it sits at the end. And then, otherwise now, if, you you,
1: end up- if you unbolted the stock off, yeah, for carrying, yeah, I know, I yeah, it, it's kind of a gray area, but it's technically okay because it's disassembled, but yeah, folded, yeah. it's not. I know it's stupid, but
0: I know, but it, it's uh, not worth
1: running foul of, exactly. So, yeah, the next is, thing they
0: there was some of the switch barrel M10s, I think, which ran foul of that. But then the, the some of the barrels that were floating around were originally intended for the Army, so they were shorter, you know. And yeah. the same thing I put together, And hang on a moment. And then I remember there was one of the, the AR-style 22s that came through that came with a folding stock on it. And same when we were assembling one day, I was looking at it and like, well, it folds and also I can pull one pin out and the whole stock just dropped off. And then I had yeah. this thing. I was like, ah, that's also not right. So they went off and got, um, yeah, pinned basically. So they yeah. couldn't be closed up. Yeah, it's
1: just the law we have to comply with it. Hey, it and, and it's been the be law worse. for like 30 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah.
0: We could also live in a country where no one has access to any firearms at all. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. I have plenty yeah. of people come through applying for their license going, you you've got access to a lot of stuff here. Like, well, mm. you know, it's all it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah. So so yes. So that's all right. So yeah, I mean I don't know, man. I like to talk about upcoming events and bits and pieces, but I still guess we're still a little bit in limbo here in regards to lockdown as to what the hell's gonna happen with any of that, you know. I um I'm looking forward to the team event. Um, that'll be probably my next big shoot that I'm gonna get down to at Simon's. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll just do the team event. I don't know. Although now that you've pointed out that I, I was wrong and it was actually, I confirmed with Simon, it was 60 rounds per shoot and not 120. Maybe I can actually do it, wing it and stay since I'm down there and stay. I don't know. I
1: don't know. Be cool. Yeah. I <laughs> I, I am privy to the odd little bit of information. But yeah. as I pointed out to several people in the last two days, it is not my competition. So I cannot book you a spot. Um, yeah, yeah. Get in touch with GPRE. We are separate entities. We work together, but they are. That's right, mate. I, I
0: still get people going. Oh, can I book <laughs> in to get my firearms license with you? I'm like, it doesn't quite work that way. I don't <laughs> yeah. give you a firearms yeah. license. It's not quite. I know yeah. it's not how. I might just
1: weeks. start. I might just start saying yes and taking their money. <laughs> just take back cash. No, no, Um, <laughs>
0: they'd
1: that, be cool if you come down both days. It will be a good, good weekend. Um, we'll see.
0: I, I actually I, as I thought about it, if nothing else, I might as well hang around for the next day because I will have driven the time. I'll have the whole weekend off. So I might as if I can just throw the tent up somewhere and camp, I can be there with a gun or a camera or whatever the next day anyway. Yeah, or, I can I just carry your like your water bottle and your oranges around for your grain or something. Act as your caddy. No, I'm not carrying a gun actually. No, I'm gonna take that back. I'm not carrying a gun for <laughs> you. No,
1: nah, you fiddle with my wind dial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's already dialed uh, yeah. for you, bro. Just just line it up and pull. <laughs> I've done your sweat.
1: dope. Don't worry. Yeah,
0: that's sorted, man. Sorted. Yeah, <laughs> be sweet ass. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: No, nah, I'm actually I'm really looking forward to. it. So, the unfortunate thing is, as we mentioned last time, there's a match that's meant to be happening this weekend. Yeah, starting tomorrow in the, in Queensland. So they got shit camp. Um. So I've obviously I'm not heading down to that, which was I was kind of using it. The main reason I wanted to go down was just to keep fresh and sort of warm up to Tirada, mm. or maybe maybe not that, maybe keep some momentum going. Um, I actually put in a lot of work in the lead up too, um, but that's 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 obviously um, gone up in the smoke. But um, I think Ben's doing a match in uh, Omaru like a couple of weeks before Tirada, so I might yeah. um, I might uh, I'm, I've got the I paid for all these flights right, and they don't reimburse you now because you know. In New Zealand, but I've got—I believe I have credit, uh, so I'll, I'll might just um, fly down for the weekend. to have a long weekend mm. um, and shoot that match, and just just as a bit of a warm up um, before we head into Tirada, because yeah, Tirada being my, my sort of main um, main goal at the moment. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yes. So. I don't know, man. We covered off, and uh, funnily enough, just a normal conversation, we managed to cover off all the the actual subjects I put down. Uh, Sam said he had something to do, and not that he's on, he had a a topic, but it never actually came up. So God, God knows what he was going on about, but that's all right. Who Who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Anything else gun related that's sort of pressing on your mind these days?
1: I like I mentioned, do a lot of twenty two. Uh, Again to conserve ammo, but I've done a lot of positional sling-supported stuff, which has been quite fun.
0: Okay. Um, yep. I you, sort of are you wrapping in or are you bowing? Yeah, out I'm out going around my
1: or? armpit across the neck. Okay, okay.
0: So, so, so more the I suppose I'd call it the modern sling. Is it? Have you got a bungee sling or is it a?
1: No, it's. Uh, okay. it's I, I don't actually think it's in, fully intended for it, but it's a Blue Force Gear one from yeah. Twin Needle. Yep. Um. And it's just I just put it over, and then it's just, um I've just got a pull tab which will just pull the rifle in towards you. It's yep. pretty it's pretty simple, man. It's uh, I'm definitely not um, well versed in the massive amount of really awesome techniques you can do. <clears throat> I've been watching some Jacob Binding videos and, and playing around, but but yeah, just doing that and then just locking it in and, and pulling it tight, and um and yeah, so because it it's kind of almost like what I mentioned earlier pulling the rifle with your, I mean, with those those three fingers into your shoulder, it's almost doing that. You know, you're still controlling it. But, man, it just makes positional shooting, um, unsupported positional shooting, a lot simpler. Now, am I doing it perfectly? Probably not, but I'm getting a lot more hits than I used to. That's for sure. Mm. Even just close. But one other thing is, we generally don't have just one target right, or, or one position. So I've got to then be able to manipulate um, out of that sling into like a prone or a, I might go to a supported kneeling where I don't need the sling. And I <clears throat> maybe that's where I get a sling with a, a QD halfway along, like a, a quick detached latch. So I can just, I think Simon's got one that's, a, um, I think this is a rifles only or a tab gear one, I think. Um, so i'm just well, I, trying to disconnect on the qd
0: up yeah, front I, I mean I, i've got a the armageddon gear one i think has got a it's not a qd it's just a um cl- i don't know what do you got a clip the standard mm. belt style clip so yeah you can just pop that and the whole thing basically comes in two bits that's and what i mean. It's, yeah. it's got this the full sling up loop and everything locks in but i don't know how to shoot well enough and again once you're slung up into that you are kind of committed to being your attached to your gun it's like I see the guys who are still, uh, they'll put with say tripod or off uh, the barricades, and they're putting it onto their belt with a carabiner. Yeah, I don't know that. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're shooting the one target and you're not moving, it's fine. But as soon as you kind of then need to move and the gun is now basically, you know, tied to your belt, <laughs> there is a bit of an issue.
1: So the I went, I bought the for that, which I kind of like it. It's like that Marine Corps style, I guess. Yeah. With a with a tripod, because um, it's pulling the front of the gun down and it's sort of um, it's it's assisting your arm essentially. And, and recall management and everything. Um but I, I've got a n i have got ai bought a quite a high quality carabiner. Like I didn't yep. just buy it. I've got i like I've got the cheap ones you put on bags and stuff, but it was like a $40 climbing one or something. And it, it's real easy to manipulate. And then I bought a um a twin needle, uh one of their sort of tactical style belts. I don't like that word tactical, but tactical style belts. No, it's well, it's well, actually got the- a
0: yeah, I did the article it? on the IFAC options, you know, recently. I'm like, am I a war belt? Uh, no, my battle belt, my duty belt, my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> belts with load bearing. But no, I, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know. But, but it's I, got
1: a little next to your buckle. Like, it's got, like, the cool layers, like, military buckle. Like, it's real hardcore. You could probably lift a cow. But it. it's got a little D that just folds away, like a solid stainless yeah. steel D.
0: Um, For when you're rappelling out of a helicopter.
1: Yeah. But, no, but also <laughs> what I do is it's nice it, – it folds out of the way when you need it, fold it out. I can clip the carabiner that's, that's on. That's
0: a bad look on the video, by the way. What you're doing, it is actually, yeah, both hands out. No, keep your hands use your on. imagination, yeah, thank you.
1: Um, <laughs> so I've got my hands on my D oh, wait,
0: <laughs> got, no, yeah. but yeah,
1: anyway, <laughs> what I do with my hands, hey <laughs> um, but anyway, I can clip on and off quite quickly. So, if, say if I had to go from one tripod position to another or, or transition from tripod to whatever. Um I I guess I can. And and then you'll just have the sling flopping off the front of the gun you just deal with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, but like generally to, see-
1: to be honest, everything I've shot's been competition wise, it's just been like you set up on the tripod and shoot yeah. several targets.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like you used to see the guys who had the um like the pump pillows and that side of stuff because they were supplied with a bungee and one of the plastic carabiners. Mm. And you'd see the guys who were clipping them on and then running around with these things flying all over the place and getting hooked up, you're like, oh, this is not gonna end yeah. up well. Yeah. And it normally didn't. But
1: I I actually I shot a stage at that that Zeiss PRS match in Bulls back in May. And they had um t- hands up high. I'll go to this a little bit. <laughs> they had <laughs> Um, uh, two, like, cargo straps, you know, ratchet tie-downs, big 1,500-pound um, uh, uh, kilo ones yep. between two Waratahs, and the idea was that you shot off one height and the other height, and they were quite unstable. So I actually ran my sling over the front of it and then pulled it back into my belt, and it was it was super stable to the point where they said, fuck, we better write that out of the rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, Damn it. Yeah, but it's, I sort of treat it like tripod and yeah. control the recoil. With I was setting a control recoil, so the, the the sling with my hips a bit. You know, you, so you can sort of the beauty of running off your belt. I find is you can tighten your your tripod, uh, your, your sling, and then manipulate the pressure on it with your hips. Yeah, you know, you can just sort of pivot your hips at, again, bad angles, but you can position your hips and and same in sitting position.
0: Your butt backwards to tighten up the rig. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to explain a video, but I think there is some merit now with, it's been mentioned before, um, but with like, um, our events and then some GPR events, GPRE events, um, you're starting to see a little bit of sling supported creep back in, um, which at the
0: start
1: I was like, oh, you know, but then I actually, I think this is a skill set we're losing. Hmm. And a lot of really good shooters are like, what do we do here? You know? Yeah. It's like a four hundred meter shot. And it's like oh prone, yeah, but no bipod, no bags. You know, and they're like oh no. Um, although some people did do Hawkins and stuff and outsmarted me a little bit, but oh, I, yeah. but I, whatever. I didn't write it all, but um, but I, I think yeah, So, but but the cool thing about a bunch of sort of the the, the quite good guys I, I talk to often, they're getting slings, they're practicing because they want to have it as a tool. You know, not just a way to carry like I have for years and then they go, actually, man, if that situation pops up and I've got to take an offhand shot at 200 metres or uh, a kneeling shot, man, I can sling up and not just hasty and, um, and potentially, you know, that could be the difference of just getting on the podium or coming first or, or something. Um,
0: getting getting that animal down that you may you didn't only have that one shot at, you know. So oh, yeah, that's, man. That's the thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I it's again I was talking about it with we set the first stage at at the winter shoot. Like, like God, I need a better name for that shoot, but the winter field shoot. And we're like, Man, let's let's run it for for practical class completely unsupported. Like it was hard. And then Malcolm was there, Malcolm Gillis, and he's like, that ain't hard. You would train like this in the military and you trained to people like this and you shot service rifle for 50 years. So for him, yeah. it was like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> but uh for, for a lot of us, man, we're like, fuck, that's a bit nasty. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: That's it. You you stretch it out. I mean, you give most people a pistol and go, "Hey, you can shoot this at fifteen meters. Come on, just just shoot, shoot a pistol, iron sided pistol at fifteen meters. Well, how hard could that be? You're only like fifteen meters away. Yeah, it'll be all over the freaking place. You know. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, different
1: skills. though. it's cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it's all good. Cool. All right, man. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I like I say I've been doing dry fire. I've got uh, rusty. I've, I'm in the process of ordering getting that um. Dry fire D I was, I kept on saying, Oh, I need some of those D. I need one of those D tax. He's like, What the hell are you on about? I'm like, the detail I'm like, oh no, D fast. I'm like, but do you have any D tax? I'll have those as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't we all? I'm like, yeah. I right,
1: have right, I right. have thought about trying to get bells sent over from him. <laughs> Get them in an unlabeled box, it might get them in yeah. trouble.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually, I don't know. Actually, if anyone's listening in Aussie, maybe they can chime in. I'm assuming they're doing the same, having the same issues. I would assume, but I don't know.
1: I have thought about getting some of those. Is it cutting each?
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. They do cutting each, Australian made ones? Yeah. yeah. I've thought about getting some of those. But cheap if, well, they're cheap, affordable if you buy them in 500s.
0: Yeah. Not in 100s. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, I think that, um, Danny change. up here was running them through his 338 Edge, I think it was, and having it. Yeah. He was always, he's always, well, it's, where is it? I've got my one. He, he left one with me, and I was like, do you want this thing back? Because i got this funny feeling of like giving me like a $5 projectile up here, and he's like, no, you can keep it. It's just, you know, that 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 guy sitting there, which has been mm. sitting here for a which is a dangerously sharp projectile, really. Well, sure oh, they're, men-
1: they're mentally, mentally consistent too because they're, they're CNC lathe turn, don't they? So they're, um,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And and they're they're from a solid, so they're not like um, uh, cup and core, you know. Ball extruded thing. (laughs) But yeah, not that it really matters that much, but for that, what what Dandy does definitely. But um, the reason being is just availability, (laughs) I guess, because I'm struggling to get much six mil stuff.
0: Uh, Six mil is
1: harder than 6.5 at the moment. Who would have thought?
0: Uh, it yeah. swings and yeah. I saw. I was actually um just prior to lockdown. I actually walked into one of the gun cities and saw some PRC ammo there. I was like, "What? Say what?" what? So I'm pretty sure. or three hundred? No, no, six five PRC. Oh no,
1: that's harder to get.
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh, I I said, do you know that's and I'm like, yeah, I oh, know. It's there's people. It's basically gone. I'm like, yeah, okay, well that's, that would yeah. make sense. So
1: I, I got a hundred rounds I'd... of one forty grain match actually. Yeah. Just in that last order, he had it on the shelf, yeah. and I was like, I left, and I was like, rang him up, and I was like, chuck it on my shelf, dude. I'm, I yeah, don't yeah. need it, but I'm just not. No, it's not. To that. be honest, I, a friend I got a friend. She shoots a lot of it, and I, she I don't think she understands the uh, how hard it is to get ammo. So I sort of just sorted out. But, um,
0: well, I did, I, what I didn't realize is when I walked in there is there was only uh, one brand of seven and one size of seven millimeter. I was like, oh, oh, okay, that's you know.
1: Um, yeah, well, I, I guess like that's not a popular cartridge in the states, so I don't no. imagine it's getting a huge amount of like, no, they're no. like, okay, no one cares here about that. So yeah, I imagine we're
0: gonna, that's we why that's, we're gonna, we can make three hundred eight
1: and, sell, se- and seven is Not that big in the states yep. now. People are jumping them down. I know about seven mil remag. I know about twenty eight out But compared to 308, 30, it's like Americans like thirty cows. Americans like six fives. Yeah. Um, they like sixes now. So it's they like 556 five, you know so it's it's just a, there's not enough copper and lead available that's essentially the
0: oh, and, and machines and people I mean there well, was that I've
1: heard the thing with Hornaday they said we can open a new plant tomorrow and we yeah. don't have enough copper and lead for it so there's no really? point yeah
0: ah.
1: just de- demands that big yeah getting shit around the world I guess I don't know so we'll get there but um who knows <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. at the moment, at the moment, we've significantly decreased the demand on on ammo and components for the, this last wow. week and next couple it's, of weeks. So
1: the, the match, the match is going to be on this weekend. It's about hundred rounds. So there's yeah. 40 it's actually if,
0: what, people don't realise this, but it's actually the true conspiracy behind COVID is just to reduce down the demand of component usage so that we can give the manufacturers time to reset and supply more.
1: <laughs> yeah I, I bet i bet the gunshots love they eh? not being at work getting run out like man you got any 140s you got the nine, rl 26 and they're like man we haven't had rl 26 for five fucking yeah, one we
0: haven't had it for ages anyway <laughs> two we're locked down just like you are so <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, man it's it's anyway i did um i did uh i got up this morning i've done it because i've got the kids at the moment so i'm doing a kids kids exercise in the morning mm. i did it yesterday i'm fucking sore
1: <laughs> yeah. like star jumps
0: and stuff it's it's humbling because one kids are actually fit for their size and two i'm out of shape so yeah doing some star jumps and burpees and stuff didn't didn't help i ended up doing push-ups with my five-year-old sitting on my back because that was entertaining mm. for her so i was like, all right let's do this but yeah i feel it so i'm like okay i actually need to get up and do this because at the yeah. end of this yeah i'm gonna want to go out for a hunt yeah i'm gonna walk want to work up walk up tarada so let's actually just maintain and yeah yeah
1: it's I've been getting up and just sitting out, you know where I look out of my deck, yep. going into the front paddocks and just looking for rabbits, just yep. sitting there for like an hour 'cause it's been the weather's been beautiful it has but, and yep. a little bit windy for two twos, but it's fun, and yeah so I've just been sitting there plunking rabbits and magpies and bits of steel, and I've set up like a few more ranges, you know sub ranges so there's like seven of them
0: can you do like a, a virtual reality uh, was it ASMR you know walk out to the range
1: now <laughs> really I feel like close the bolt
0: yeah just slide. next slow. to the microphone
1: yeah, yeah and everyone,
0: everyone can just ooh. yeah
1: undo yes. my zipper on my backpack <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
0: I'll do it because I'm getting more ammo out yes because I <laughs> found 1500 rounds of 22 recently <laughs> oh,
1: I've already got, oh. gone through 600 of them so
0: <laughs> Jesus, there you go, man. That's how you can make your millions on a lockdown. You could just have, you know, everyone's using the like the fish, all the fishing channels are using the old content. It's like you can do light, you know, you can actually, yeah, new content, yeah, yeah. There you go, live, live, live shooting with Graham. I'm
1: I'm even doing that much. 22, I've been making laminated cards (laughs) because I'm sick of going in my phone because I'm shooting them that much. So I'm, you know, so I don't have to like go to a different ballistic program. I can just be like, oh, oh there's my data and build a little. Dope and off I go. Um, yeah, that's how much. God, I'm actually loving it. Like, it's boring for people if they watch what I do, but it's good practice, man. Like, uh, I, you just, yeah. even like gentle wind, if you're not paying attention, if it switches and you're not, I always feel on my face. I don't know why, but you know, and you'll shoot, you'll miss, you go, how did I miss off that side? And you go, actually, I can feel the wind's changed. You know, it was coming from here, now it's coming from here. Um, it's just paying attention to that and trying to make that a part of. That shooters checklist, I guess. But, um... Yeah,
0: it was something from last week that I, uh, somewhat I forget what the exact context was, but it was again that idea of getting, reading the wind, making a wind call, getting behind the rifle, for turning your brain off because you're now looking through a scope and forgetting that the wind has just changed on you, the invite, the trees are no longer moving that you were just looking at through, you know, and it's that not that danger, but it's that tunnel vision of once you're into that final stages of getting ready to shoot, you got to somehow still keep uh, your awareness going on of the environment and everything around you right up to that final point where, okay, bang, there we go. That wind was where I thought it yeah. was. I think it's then, that's
1: we talk about 22 as good practice though, because those gentle winds switching aren't gonna matter a bugger for our our, you know, sixes, really. It's all gonna be within yeah. the plate because they're fast, the high BC, but a twenty-two man, they are like they suck ballistically, right? relative to what the other things we yeah. play with so that 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 tiny change in direction is a huge difference in your bullet and i'm only shooting small targets ish and so that's where it really reinforces that um that paying attention and i guess it's if you've got like quite a strong wind like from from three o'clock or or nine o'clock you know full value it's it's a lot easier to to sort of know what's going on you can feel it you know and people are oh, it's super windy. It's like, well, yes, yeah, probably not going to be that bad though, because we can just figure out the no. wind speed yeah. and just smash it on and go for it. But then, if you've got like these, a wind coming from like a headwind that's maybe changing between like uh, eleven o'clock and one o'clock, that can really trip you up because at six hundred meters when you're six five. Okay, it might not be a hell of a little wind, but it's still pushing you over a little bit, maybe just enough to be off plate. And if you're if you're not paying attention, you're going to be and it switches, or it's the same well, thing from is, yeah.
0: It's that that fishtailing, switchy wind that's the pain because yeah, you may only you might be on the edge, so you go oh, I'm going to favour that edge. Well, then it switches, and that's enough for you to send you off because now you've you've yeah, because you were
1: just holding it, and so that's yeah, um, yeah, and it's not always because like you say, you get in the zone and you're concentrating yep. on your reticle, and um, that's the same to be aware of. Again, I bugger it up, but it's um, just. Another thing I'm trying to work on, at least.
0: It's that whole thing of um, uh, unconsciously incompetent, consciously incompetent, consciously competent, unconsciously competent. And for a lot of people, you're like, now if you're aware that all the stuff is going on, you may still forget it, but you're aware, you know, trigger press is a great thing. As soon as somebody takes a shot and turns around and goes, my trigger press was shit. I'm like, sweet, you're now on the path because you're now at least aware of what your trigger press is doing. That's That's way beyond somebody who's just been working on a trigger and has never even thought about it really but just Mm -hmm. the trigger goes to the back whereas somebody then goes oh no I know I came off the trigger or I mashed it or I went off I I know I'm like cool you're now on that path of being able to be aware in South Creek you're still good we all still forget I still get behind you know shoot a stage and like I fucking that was what did I do I forgot everything because I just wasn't You know, you coughed as you went in, or the mag didn't quite go in how you went, or you realised you didn't have your mag actually in your pocket or somewhere else, and then your whole game plan goes out. And yeah, at the end of it, you're like, yeah, that was that went pear shaped. But you know, it's. I wonder
1: if I often think like, are a lot of people just like happy with their shooting? Like, man, I'm a great long range shooter, and or do they think, man, I could improve? Like. I'm pretty happy with my shooting where it is now, but in a year I want to be twice as good again. And I just want to keep building it and building it and and not not forgetting, like you got your core skills. You're like, man, I've got those pretty good. Now I'm going to work on like outlining stuff like slings and positional and whatever, you know, shooting upside down from monkey bars. But then you can't forget about that core set of skills. So you got to reinforce those, but not concentrate too much, in my opinion. But I think there's people who are like just happy with a, a basic set of skills that get them by Oh, yeah. It may be adequate, and it's probably some people might look at it well that's probably not that good, but and they're like no, nah, that's good enough i'm I'm happy with being able to down
0: definitely yeah. i mean and especially for a hunting point of view, if you've dropped enough animals in your fridges for well was that not that is fine yeah. that is exactly what, what more do you it's the whole I had a guy come up and he had a he had a hower that had blood all over it, and it was just it was an absolute like, this thing's filthy it was a giant you know like, what the what the hell and i know who the guy was rolling what he was doing he they, this thing had dropped thousands of animals and would continue to do so and he's like i thought i'd better come out and check the thing was actually zeroed and it wasn't it was like it was out quite a bit and but he's like yeah but i'm being so close and i just dropped these animals in the bush and it's never been a problem but yes i'm wanting to get waste more uh, less meat so he's looking at doing headshots and he said i just i know good enough is no longer good enough for what i want to do now so confirmed and same i don't know if he cleaned his gun but i'm sure it's probably taking another thousand animals now as well but he's like yeah but it's been fine and i didn't he didn't really care and then just one day he's like yeah actually maybe i could get a bit more and that started him on that path and it's awesome isn't it yeah i don't think it was going to go any further but it just given him that bump up that he's now like right cool that's just that's increased my what i need it to do and and we're away you know
1: we you you think about how many people like the black art of zeroing, like it's black magic, zeroing a gun. You know, like no, no, which I find you know, hilarious. But then, don't touch those fucking things. No, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa! Yeah. Don't take that turret cap off. Yeah. How do we? Yeah. And it's like, nah it's just calibrate. Like some scopes suck, right? And they don't move what it says. And, so, yeah, you scopes literally scopes set them and yeah. don't touch yeah. it because they they suck. But yeah. I'm talking like
0: whack, and that's like a,
1: yeah, yeah, a Tesco from the '80s. You know, yeah. <laughs> the old television screen lens ones, the square ones. I've seen those, but. Um, but like modern stuff, man, it's like, now nah, this is, yep. it's, but I mean, when I first got into it, like shoot a shot and it's like, oh yeah, that's way over there, you know, yeah. <sniffs> boom. Oh, oh, we're, you know, we're hitting the massive piece of paper we put up now and Good. it's like, yeah, just like cranking the scope around the big, bold, un um, unaware, amounts <laughs> just like hoping eventually and it's like oh that moved it about this much all right so let's do like half as many yep yeah
0: but, but i think i and i i don't know maybe i'm i don't know it's not cynical exactly but i, I say for licensing i'm like i encourage people it's like if you learn how to zero your gun had learn how to pull your gun out of its stock and, and give it a proper clean and pull that bolt and just even pull the bolt and learn how to take a scope off and put it out. i reckon you're above I don't know. I tend to go around like 80% of us so. in New Zealand, which it doesn't it doesn't matter. But at the same time, I'm like, I liken it to like a guy owning a car and knowing how to change his tire, his wheels. I should you get the terminology right. We're not doing tire, we're doing wheel changes. You don't, and you may not actually do it when you break down, you still might get AA or someone else to do it, but I still think you should kind of at least have a functioning understanding of how this stuff works. You don't have to be able to balance twin carburetors, but it's probably not not a bad idea to at least have a basic fundamental understanding of some of how this stuff works so that Mm. when you're having a conversation with somebody, you can kind of describe what's going on, you know?
1: Yeah. I I guess those It's just how much into the hobby you are, what and depending what, like precision long range shooting, you kind of got to get into it. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of guys. They just want like, you know, friends and colleagues. They just want like me to make them a chart and like give them like a basic understanding of like where they turn it to.
0: Yeah. Well, one one and that's all they want. I don't know if I said it on the show. One thing I've started doing. One, it's because I don't have as easy access to the distance anymore. But I've I've done it for a few guys recently. They're fine. I explain it to them. I, I say to them now. It's like I used to set the chart up and verify it to distance. So I'd give it back to guys, go, it's shot, it's verified, you're good good to go out and shoot. And I realized, because a few guys came back and said, yeah, man, it shot straight out to 600 meters and I nailed that animal. I was like, holy shit, have you ever shot out to 600 meters before? No. I'm like, I'm glad you got it. But I know Mm. the reality, and you will know the reality is, you don't always just go out to 600 meters and hit a target. So I'm glad it worked out. I bet you there's other people where it doesn't. So I've actually started saying, "Look, I'll do all the charts. I'll figure them all out. They'll be within point one click out to probably a kilometre. It's just the maths and the systems I have are good. But you need to go out and verify this because before you shoot at an animal, I want you to go shoot at something at five hundred metres because we just have to for for
1: yeah. That's ethics. a hard one, isn't it? That's
0: I know, and yeah. I, I just especially,
1: have, but no, you're right though, because the importance kiwis put on deer, yeah." For well, the most part, it's rather high. They're held in, in high regard as an animal and a resource. Um, but then, like you say, it's become very popular just to uh, just to fling bullets at them at a great distance, and in, and yeah. in, a, in a situation where you can't get to them quickly, and uh, if it goes wrong, so. Um, yeah, conflict. So, yeah,
0: it, it is a conflict. And I just got to, I'm like, oh, I'm actually not comfortable because I just, I, I've always said it to people. It's like, I'm not saying you're ready to go out and go shoot something at 600 meters. You need to spend time on a, a target of that distance to be comfortable shooting it. But people have had success doing it. It was like, oh, you know, so yeah.
1: anyway. I, actually, one one thing I, I said about the zeroing a rifle earlier, you know, over 10 years ago, whatever it was. We didn't really have the online, like even just YouTube, right? Like Vortex got some like, real simple videos on zeroing scopes and stuff like this.
0: Right. Really Ryan Kleckner ed- has a fantastic real time video on yeah zeroing a rifle.
1: Great! It's got like ten million views. That video, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and using a reticle to do it, or even like the I man, I get lazy. I'll do it. I'll shoot, and I'll like I'm aiming here, and I hit here. So well, like up here, right? So I'll like hold it where I was aiming, and then I'll just like. Without moving the gun, off, right. scope over and open up, and then I'm like, bang, yeah, it's there. Like it's it takes, like, it's like three shots, man. It's perfect. But, I don't even have to look at anything. But
0: it, but it's a little bit of knowledge and an understanding, and the comfort of doing that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I used yeah. to do it where I was trying to dial back, like which way am I? Am I going to hold it there and dial back? And holy hell, I used to tie myself yeah. into knots. And occasionally, if I'm not, my brain's not in the game because I'm yeah. thinking about what's for dinner or what's you're,
1: you're not moving the bullet you're moving the scope to the bullet. Yeah, People are like, oh, the bullet's up there, so I need to come down and across. So no, you need to go across and up.
0: You need to go, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it, it can get very confusing. Um,
0: but, well, say so The guy's like, yeah, I'm dialing down because I want it to go up. I'm like, don't think no. Don't no. don't think. Where do you want the <laughs> bullet? Where do you want the bullet to land? You need to land higher and to the right. Dial up and to the right. It's that they've done the rest for yeah. you in the scope. Man,
1: to be honest, I still get on a gun. And sometimes I'm like, All right, bang, and I'll measure it. And I'll dial it the wrong freaking way. Oh, yeah. And I'll oh fuck. That's why like real the quick way is if I'll just do it and I'll literally watch the radical move into place and I'll, it's it's yeah, it, it, it's hard to like explain, but it, it works. But um <laughs> but like I said, if you can't figure it out, there's always someone better than you. So go talk to like yeah. join your local NZDA or talk to someone at a pistol club or talk to Kerry or me or whatever. And um yeah. Uh, you're if Hey, a gun, a gun shop. That's a well, any club you're going to get some weird people, but you'll be people. <laughs> I who I yeah.
0: was going to say, there's a few clubs I've I've overheard some conversations, and afterwards, kind of gone. Can I just, can I just suggest oh. something?
1: I know, yeah. I like, <laughs> man, you've quite. Been doing that, quite. I don't want to been be... doing this for 50 years. It's like, yeah, it's cool. Been doing that's it great. wrong for a long I'm time.
0: Glad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Can I? Still no, tra- will be. Um, sorry, Torada will be quite cool if you come out for a whole weekend. It should. That'd be neat.
0: Uh, yeah, well, definitely, definitely there for the teams. Um, and then, I, and like I say, I, I think it's a good chance I'll be there for something unless the only thing I can think of is because we've I, I was meant to do a course last week for the licensing, so we're going to have thirty odd people who had firearms license course cancelled. So mm. we might be also trying to make make updates wherever we can.
1: Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> if you if you if you just come on the Sunday and do some filming, I'll lend you my drone. Ooh. And then you can do some... I, got a, I had to rebuild it because I crashed it, but I managed to figure that out. But um, I got a Mavic 2, a Mini 2. So.
0: Oh, nice. Well, yeah, that's been on my wish list, so I'd actually like a playoff one of those. So,
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually... That was the trouble. It was too intuitive and easy to fly. And so, like, so by day cocky. three... Oh, yeah. Um, so I was doing, like, big, like... Because I want to do it for, to, to do cool filming and stuff, and I want to get better at that, but like big, like, sweeping over hills and, like, smooth transitions and turns and, I. Like, hit a big tree and it fell (laughs) it fell i don't know 50 meters and um broke one of the not um,
0: designed to do that i don't think
1: yeah no well (laughs) um yeah because they have the the Mavic, the mini 2 doesn't have like anti um flash technology it's god it's wicked i was in some pretty strong winds today man it just sits there you can see its little rotors like compensating and use a bit more battery but like man it's impressive piece of kit actually um it's pretty cool. And they're like, it wasn't too badly priced. I think with all the equipment, like I got the big charger bank, three batteries, case, spare propellers, I was like 1200 bucks or something. Um, so, yeah. And, and they get like 30 minutes flight like time each battery.
0: Uh, it does. It's related, unrelated, but I've gotten, a, there's a post coming up. I've gotten back into my music side of things as well. Mm. I got, It's getting back into a price of a lockdown, but. Um, yeah, people who don't know, I've got I've got quite a history. I, I had a bit like a big freaking electronic music studio, like synth de- desks and everything. And um, I've gotten back into that. And the price of some of the gear now is just retardedly cheap. It's it's Com- compared to people, the old days. Compared to what it was, and people would still go, Oh my god, that's expensive. But compared to what stuff used to be, it's like, Holy hell, that is cheap. And it's oh, just, yeah. you know you
1: imagine like that drone 10 years ago. Yeah. It, you'd think it was from NASA, you know? Yeah. Like, you even think about, like, I've got smartphones lying around everywhere, but like this iPhone, right? Like, it's pretty, like, it's the top of the line, whatever. But the things it can do is amazing. And we don't even really care. No. We've got all the information in the world. No one cares. What's yeah, that it's that running like,
0: joke. Up, We've can. got more power more power in our phones now than sent people to the moon, and we're using it to share <laughs> photos. Probably. Yeah, no,
1: exactly. It yeah, was like send memes and stuff. But it's yeah. not, but the drone's cool. I, I plan on. Cool. I'm doing a bit of filming with that and um, playing around. But, yeah, yeah. if you want to, you can have a play with it. That's
0: for sure. Oh, well, like, I think I'll, I'll confirm with Simon. I've said it before. I was going to do it for the last one of his shoots. I was going to shoot one day and just be around the next day to do something. Mm. Um, if nothing else, I'll just hang around and, yeah, I'll just carry water around because no one still seems to want to carry water up the hill. So maybe I, I could just be like a water boy selling Three litres minimum. Yeah. In the, in the hot weather that's and then the put guys. another six in the truck when you get back it's, yeah. it's not hard
1: yeah no two of them is what I'll normally take Yeah. oh yeah more in the truck definitely but um.
0: cool hmm. alright bro well oh, I'm going to leave it to that I'll get an early night and be up and fresh for the, uh, the youngins tomorrow too good
1: an hour and a or, half Might or be.
0: I'll spend five hours now riding a baseline
1: <laughs> <laughs> That too good alright All right. goodbye All everybody
0: right, Yes, good night. Thank you very much Graham. Um, and we'll see you next week. I,
1: a, I like that